to ask us can we Alright, so uh, this is Caleb with Game Designers Workshop, um, and I'm here with Posthuman Studios, all of it, uh, Jack Graham, Brian Cross, Rob Boyle, and Adam Jury, and um, the basic premise, if you're new, is that I have done my own uh, Kickstarter, written a couple scenarios, done some freelancing now, and I'm going to start on my first self-contained RPG system. And as a noob, I am likely going to fuck it up. And so, in the interest of education, uh, as it's always good to see somebody run through the minefield first before you have to go, uh, I am recording myself fucking it up in real time so that people can see, like, uh, what I'm going with. Uh, if I had good ideas that worked out, if I had good ideas that didn't work out, and why, if, you know, something went down. Uh, and at this phase, rather than bore you with a pitch, uh, the first thing you should do when you're trying something new is you should look at people who've done it before successfully. We're here to help you fuck up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, I had a few questions for for you people at uh, Lovely People Post Human Studios. Uh, uh, so it's the way, way back machine. So uh, what's your first experience with RPGs? What's the um, first RPG you played? Let's go with, with age before beauty. So... Bob. <laughs> First it played? Yeah, yeah, I'm going all the way back. Oh, Dungeons and Dragons when I was like seven. The purple box, right? Yeah, the, the original one? Yeah, the red. Yeah. But Stone tablets. I mean, uh, the hilarious thing about it was I, it was a neighbor kid that got us into it. And uh, we played D&D &D for years. And then I moved away for a couple of years and I moved back. And they were slightly religious. And when I came back, He'd gotten really religious, and he <laughs> burned all of his D and D books. I was like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it." He burned so all his collector's item. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but it was D and D. Yeah, yeah. Also, also D and D. Um, 70s or 80s? That would have been 77. <laughs> 80s, early 80s, but maybe I was older. I, I have a feeling I was seven. <laughs> I had a, a friend from, from grade school that was like, had been trying to convince me to play D&D forever, and I was just like, not interested, not interested, and then did it, and uh, Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh was the first adventure I ever played. We made a total hash of it. Uh, he didn't have the player's handbook or the DM's guide, oh, yeah. and he believed that fourth level was the highest level you could achieve, so fourth level was like godlike. Someday I will be fourth level. Um, and it took at least a year before uh, I managed to find a discount copy of the player's handbook at a, a toy store and be like, wait, there's 20 levels. What the hell? Um, but yeah, that was my first experience. And we, we didn't really follow the rules. We just kind of made it up as we went along. Nobody really did yeah. at that age, I don't think. No, no, right. You're, yeah. When you're that age, and you're like, I can read, and that's good enough. <laughs> uh, my first experience with role-playing games was the, the West End version of Star Wars. And yeah. except... We didn't really play the game. We we just made characters and then like did like the shopping expedition thing and we're like, wow, this is cool, we can have all this stuff and, and never ever got around to playing. And then we would do the same thing with a different game. So there was uh, Star Wars and then uh, Twilight 2000, which I, I was never really into because like grenade fishing just didn't seem that interesting to me. Um, <laughs> And, and I think there was some D&D &D and, like, Palladium in there. And then I discovered Shadowrun and, like, obsessively read it, because I'm obsessive about things. Um, 
And then I was like, oh, this is how this actually works. Like, there's adventures and shit. <laughs> um, and so Shadowrun was the first game that I actually, like, played or actually GM'd, like, a fair bit and got more of, like, a smattering of experience with, like, making characters and then, like, pretending they were great without actually playing the game. <laughs> It was fall of 1982. <laughs> Here we I was, go. I was eight and a half years old. What was the weather like? I'd read... It was sunny. <laughs> I had read all of the books that were in the Park Ridge Public Library <laughs> uh, under uh, section Dewey Decimal 793.82JG. Uh, <laughs> and so I thought I knew the shit out of AD&D. <laughs> And Matt Linzer's older brother, Mark, said he was going to run us through S3, Expedition to the Barrier Peaks. Being fair-minded, I had rolled up a first-level gnome illusionist thief named Arvid. Arvid lasted for approximately five minutes before Mark Linzer had a titan. And this, for those of you who are OSR, you should realize that there's no fucking titan in S3, Expedition to the Barrier that, that doesn't actually happen. Um, and, and a titan ripped open one of the spaceship corridors and threw a lightning bolt, because for some reason the titan could shoot lightning bolts at Arvid, and with his five hit points... They could throw lightning bolts in first he, he perished quickly. He, he perished before he could even cast his one daily casting of Phantasmal Force. And I was hooked. And it's yeah, become my, the passion of my life. I kind of want to end the interview there. I don't know how we're going to top it. Um, Play that question last. Marvin, <laughs> never forget. Yeah, we're going to have to ask you. Do you have a tattoo? Like, yeah. I, there's your next one. Now that you mention it, I probably should. Where's the tattoo parlor near here? Oh, I'll go to a tattoo parlor in. No. They won't serve you if you've been drinking. <laughs> All right, so we're so we're moving up to like writing. So can you remember the first scenario you wrote? Wait, for what system? Published? Not published. We're gonna get we're published. Wrote. All right. I, I want I want the really. Fuck you, Mark Linzer. <laughs> And you didn't even tell me it was a module for characters of levels 11 to 14. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Are, are you, Let's continue. I'm, I'm done. Jack, are you and Mark Facebook friends now? I should find that motherfucker. <laughs> right First thing you wrote, sir. No. <laughs> that wasn't published. God, I don't even remember. Uh, Do you remember what system was for? <coughs> Probably Unity. I know I spent hours and hours going over those random tables in the back of the DM's <laughs> guide. Um, where you find the so, fact. <laughs> uh, it was probably something like that. Uh, if I had known, I could have gone back because I still have all my old notes and all the maps, all the hand-drawn maps and green paper and all that kind of stuff. The only, the only thing I remember first was actually Rollmaster. That, that's I, I was really in the role master for a little while because of Merc. Um, and uh, oh, you're gonna I, get some weird references. Uh, <laughs> I guarantee. I did. I did ridiculous. I did ridiculous amounts of campaign planning for Merc campaign planning using role master rules. I have like an entire thick folder just full of characters and maps, and I don't think I used maybe like five percent of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
But man, charts where you could get that in 99 and decapitate somebody with <laughs> Rollmaster. I just remember in Rollmaster they even had charts for plasma weapons. If I, this is Brian, if I had to think back, um, I think I wrote spells, a lot of spells for D&D um, that I even got so far as to, to put the stamp on the self-addressed stamped envelope to Dragon Magazine, um, but never sent them because I was, I was always like, oh no, this, this sucks, they're not going to like this. Um, but I, I found the, the binder like when I was moving last year, and I was like, oh yeah, oh god, these are horrible. These are so dumb. Oh wait, that one actually made it in the 3.5. All right then. So Well, at least they didn't get eaten by the no-sace ogre. Yeah, yeah, right. The no-sace ogre left me alone. Um, yeah, I didn't, it wasn't so much like adventure, because at that point, adventures were a lot of writing, and I couldn't be bothered to write them down. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still somewhat the case. It's like, oh, it's a week before Gen Con. I should write the adventure now. Um, but it was it was more cool stuff for characters in my campaigns to do, for my players to do. Um, so. I, I can't find either either Matt or Mark <laughs> on Facebook unless they've aged really badly. Um, so I was hoping to have a shout out to them in here, or more like a fuck you, but I, I guess that's not going to happen. I think the, the Sorry. serve. Somebody will bring it to their attention, I'm sure. Yeah, get on that 4 champ. Yeah. <laughs> There's this guy. So, for Harvin! I, too, discovered my old RPG, which was mostly Shadowrun Binder, a few years ago, and wasn't really sure what to do with it, and so I sort of, like, tucked it behind my RPG bookcase and have left it there ever since. In shame. Um, like should, a wadded-up, crusty sock. This is clearly the next source book we need to publish. I've got all of this. It's, it's and, fucking awful. The things I used to name characters, Silvertree. Sure, it's a perfectly still serviceable elf name, but... Oh, no, no one's going to take you seriously. I had a silver berry. Oh, right? They could be related. <laughs> silver berry. The great part of Silver Tree was I taught my sister to play D&D, so I'd have someone to play with, and she's like, I'm going to be Gold Tree. And I'm like, fuck! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> You're a better metal than I am. <laughs> Shit. And a lot of the stuff in my binder wasn't like adventures or one-up. At that time, I had more access to the novels through the library system than I did to source books, so I would go through the novels and like obsessively like write down details and tidbits out of them and then cross-reference them with the other novels to try to like build a bigger picture of, of, the, of the setting for myself. Um, and then I discovered that the, the source books were like basically... you doing a fan wiki. Did it. Yeah, I was like doing a fan wiki in my binder. When yeah, but like, this was like 1991 probably. No, so. it was like 94, 95. Yeah. But still, before wikis. Oh yeah, well right, before, before the internet. No, well, the internet was like 92, 93. Yeah. yeah, it was before like internet access was really, really common. You had a Usenet file with all the... <laughs> I don't think I ever posted that to Usenet. Alt, Rec, Art, Shadowrun, Errata... 
around so we just have a tumbler of like the dusty things in the back of your RPG. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can oh, scan yeah. these things. That would be yeah, really like, entertaining. Like, fuck yeah, gaming memories. Tumblr. Com. Yeah, just send us a awesome. scan. Yeah. We can do that with all like the go through all the. It'll be inspirational. The industry, I'm sure. That would actually be really sweet. It'll be inspirational for the people who are like, I don't know if it's good enough. But look at this. I couldn't even spell missile right. Boom. You can also do more recent gaming memories like your cyberpunk character, Lady Gaga. So you yeah. <laughs> drew a sketch of her. Two point oh. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We put Lady Gaga in a canon supplement. So. <laughs> If you haven't found it yet, go look for it. And what was it. yours? Uh, I, dare I ask? Should we set music behind this? <laughs> <laughs> are, are we talking about early RPG writing experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. first scenario you can remember right. Well, the, the Ryan Park funeral home across the street from my Catholic school in Parkridge, Illinois. <laughs> generously provided folders to all of the children. So all of my early RPG output... All of my early RPG output is uh, is still contained in, in folders uh, provided by a funeral home that, whose marketing strategy apparently was, we will provide folders to your school children so that when grandma dies, you'll have us first in mind for funeral services. And they're full of characters and uh, you know, like 15 sheets of graph paper scotch taped together with Catholic Dragon Spire drawn all over them. And uh, you know, there's there's an entire campaign in there. I don't know who would want to play it other than fifth grade boys. But you know they're a market. They've got some money. Is it we can tap into that. Pro gnome or anti gnome? The overall campaign. If I'm a first level gnome illusionist thief, how am I faring? If you're a first level gnome illusionist thief, you have the possibility of doing great things. If you're just completely balls out about lying to the DM about what your stats are, spells can actually do. I mean, we were grade school Monty Hollers. Who wasn't? Did you kill Tiamat? Tiamat? Small potatoes, dude. Pastor went down like a bitch. <laughs> I wish we could edit. Never out. mind that he was covered entirely right. in penises and six hundred feet tall. What, what, he went what, down. What did they he expect when they gave us the stats for all the gods and deities and demigods? We worked We're through that kill one. all of them. And they had shitty weapons too. Yeah. Thor's got a plus three warhammer. Oh, oh, we're oh, a fourth level bard. Good job, Pastor. <laughs> Die. <laughs> I just want to edit out our laughter and just have Jack Graham tell stories and like set it to like Moonlight Sonata or that song in the background of the Dead Island trailer and, and then just Finn and um, Okay, I don't know which one comes first in your chronology, uh, but uh, what's your first published work? And you I, think any of this shit we just described got published? Uh, no, no. Uh, I, I'm trying to go along uh, lines of development. Because so, I'm pretty uh, sure Adam's made into the Shadowrun supplemental at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to go along uh, lines of development. So I have a question about your first mechanics you made, uh, but I also have a question about uh, the first published thing you got. So I, I, I'll go with published. So what's the first thing you, by your definition, you published? Self-published? Got a professional job, and uh, well, I got hired at FASA as an editor in '97, um, and I was kind of lucky. I got hired <clears throat> pretty much entirely. I had no actual like work editing experience, 
But I had published a lot of zines. <laughs> Self-published a lot of DIY zines. Okay. And you used to work at a copy shop in fucking Wicker Park. Oh, wait. In Wicker Park. <laughs> Wicker Park. Um, and uh, somehow convinced them to hire me. Um, oh, actually, I took a test. I, I had to take several tests. And one of, one of them involved a lot of a lot of math and military detail involving Battletech source books, and apparently they had trick questions, and I was the first applicant that got one of the trick questions right. Okay. <laughs> also, he worked at the same copy shop where Wesley Willis used to photocopy all of his stuff. Oh, he used Are to you kidding me? He used to come yeah. in my hands with me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it rubbed off. <laughs> Um, so, uh, is that the same coffee co coffee shop that our PO box is at now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> still going. Different at the crotch. Uh, yeah, different owner now. Um, so the first published work was I did some. Uh, it was closer to the crotch. I did some. I did some writing and editing on Mob War, uh, Shadowrun supplement. Um, or no, sorry, it wasn't Mob War. It was Blood in the Boardroom. Uh, that was what it was. Uh, I added some material to that. And then right after that, I think it was Target Smuggler Havens. And then I did some work on an Earth Dawn book as well, uh, which would have been Crystal Raiders, probably. Those were my first. Love at first sight. Those were my first three projects at FASA, I think. So. Brian? Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to tell this Jack Graham style. Uh, I will not do nearly as well as you. <laughs> I won't have an area flow. Um, but it was 2000, and I was a graduate student at the University of Chicago, and I was actually doing my master's thesis on gamers and goths, uh, basically groups that had been singled out at the time by the FBI as likely school shooters. And I was interviewing these people about their experiences of being bullied in high school and uh, basically their attitudes towards violence and these sorts of things. And uh, I kind of hit the bonanza uh, at a uh, Chicago area goth club, um, meeting um, a friend of mine, Marianne, who introduced me to her boyfriend, who I later found out worked on Shadowrun, which was at the time one of my favorite games ever, and it was just awesome. So I used to pick them up to drive them to the club, and it was great because they had this whole shelf of books, and I'd just like, look at them, and then one day this guy... Rob was like, hey, if you want to take one, you can. I'm like, oh my god, really? That's sweet. <laughs> Fassie used to have these bins in the warehouse. <laughs> oh, I saw the bins once. It was amazing. Oh, like, oh did yeah. you know Rob, too? <laughs> <laughs> All the return books that Fassie got, they would just throw them in the bin because they couldn't resell them. And they had four bins, like these big garbage, they were like dumpster-sized six, like bins. Six by six <laughs> feet wide and... Filled with like, Shadowrun books, including a bunch of books that were out of print. And a lot of these books were still in really decent condition. But yeah, they wouldn't resell them. I own But they still. weren't also, for whatever reason, they weren't also throwing them away or whatever. And they didn't care if you took them. So, was, so I, yeah. <laughs> he had these at his apartment, and I'd just like look at them, and he'd be like, you can take one. Like, yeah. So every time I'd pick them up, up, I'd take one. And then, I don't even remember, you were working on State of the Art 2063, I think, for Shadowrun? No, that would the first one that you wrote for, or Year of the Comet. That would have been for FanPro. Year of the yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be the first FanPro. But you had all the books already. I don't, I don't think you were with Fossa anymore. I think Fossa had folded at this point. Mm -hmm. This two thousand, right? Roughly, yeah. Yeah, and you were, you'd been, I think, 
complaining that it was hard to find editors. I'm like, well, I can edit stuff. So you gave me a little bit to edit, and I must have done acceptable <laughs> because you asked me to help out on some other stuff, and stuff got larger and larger and larger. And finally, I, the first few times I edited stuff, and I don't know if you even know this, but I would not like add anything. I, I rem I, you probably remember I'd always email you like, uh, this is not okay. You should probably change it. And then you were finally like, you can change it. Just write something acceptable. And, and I started writing. I'm like, I wrote my own stuff. That's in the game book, and it's awesome. <laughs> and and now you're to blame, and you probably have lit buyer's remorse. But um, <laughs> look at me now. Now you end up with Lady Gaga and your stuff, and all kinds of other crazy crap. But I think we've got plenty of us that didn't contribute to the crazy crap. So meat hab, <laughs> mm, meat hab. Meat hab. <laughs> meat hab with the monies, see? Meat hab with the funnies, see? Liz is my gut, living off a slut. You gonna get it in me and I'll make you into bacon. Is that even what he says? I've never heard Jack make that voice before. <laughs> he did it earlier when he was talking about meat hab at the meeting. When I was a, it's just a that variation of the voice that I made when I was a little kid and I got on like WLS, uh, Larry Lujak, to imitate Clara Pella in the Where's the Beef thing. You know, like she's a, Where's the Beef? You know, like, wow. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I was the 15th caller. I had a shot. I, I didn't <laughs> This is um, getting way, way weird. <laughs> well, Larry, Larry Lujak's been brought into it. There's some Chicago shit going on here. What can we say? Right, yeah, the, the common element we're finding is Chicago, so. Well, that and, like, knowing knowing Rob from somewhere. But yeah. my, my entree into the gaming industry, and, you know, like, at... Like I said earlier, my, my first gaming experience was, was in 1982. T like, 20 years later, in 2002, this guy that I robbed that I knew from pretending to be vampires in Chicago <laughs> had, had this book called Shadows of Europe, uh, where most of the sections had been written, as they probably should have been, by people for whom uh, English was not their first language. <laughs> and uh, the, they needed a bit of whipping into shape, so I, I did some editing on that. And that, that was the first gaming product I ever worked on. I, I thought you'd worked on something for Chaosium before that. Yeah, but it never got published oh. because I was flaky and a stoner. <laughs> I sort of forgot that they'd asked him to do anything, and by then I was sort of embarrassed to go back to Charlie Crank and say, so that thing we talked about 1.5 years ago, you know, because because be, I, I I'm gonna follow up with him at this Gen Con actually. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 why is this out yet? Remember 11 years ago? No, because I remember that Cthulhu Masters tournament I wrote, and you said you'd publish it. I've still got it uh, somewhere, I think. They would print it as a monogram. <laughs> so now that I know Rob, am I just set? It's success is short. Yeah. That's what I've learned from this game design workshop. If you can edit, yes. <laughs> Pretty much we all got lucky off of an ad that Adam he has a answered in the Chicago Reader. Don't you? Yeah. Except for my, Adam. My story like He's just up, awesome in his own right. Oh thanks, Jack. I mean my story ends up being like I guess kind of similar. Like I like really started getting into Shadowrun right around the time that like the internet was becoming like something you could actually have in your home. Um 
and dial-up. I, like, instantly, and this was, like, when I was in my, like, late teens, like, started making a Shadowrun fanzine online. Um, and... Oh my god, that's so darky. I know! <laughs> Isn't it? I don't think I've ever told you, but I used to read that when I was in high school, and I was like, this is awesome! And He's then the first time I met you, I'm like, oh my god! I know him! Sure. And I actually got high school credit. Um, <laughs> I got high school credit because, um, because I almost didn't graduate. And 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 my English teacher was like, uh, just hang out in my classroom, like during one of my English classes, uh, and like do some like note taking and stuff for me. And with that magazine thing you do, I'll give you some credits. Oh, so, so Canada, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, supporting wow. RPGs. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I did this zine for a few years, and through that got to know, like, some of the people at Faza, who, like, at the time the line developer was Mike Mulvihill. I think Mike Mulvihill, by the way, still thinks I'm 17. Um, <laughs> I, I just... But, um... And I managed to pitch successfully to write a little bit in Target Matrix, which was the second last book that Faza published. Ooh. And I got a little bit published in that, and then like it came out, and three weeks later they announced they were shutting down, um, basically. And so Rob ended up, you know, starting FanPro with, with a partner in Germany and, and getting the license to do Shadowrun. And he's like, Adam, I know you're a young, big Shadowrun nerd that has a lot of time. Do you want to help me with some stuff? And I was like, fuck yeah, like... We, we, should, we should clarify for the gamer audience, big in this case doesn't refer to your size. It refers to the, the expansiveness of your Shadowrun love. Yes, yes. <laughs> because there is definitely the other kind of big RPG nerd. Uh, yes. Which I somewhat exemplify, so... Well, you don't exemplify it. You well, might aspire to right. it. I'm, I'm working. Like, I'm working. I'm like level two, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, level four is the tops. And so, a, a, about after, like, a year of, like, like doing, like, various web stuff and whatnot for Rob, I said, um, hey, like, I really want to go to both Gen Con and Origins this year, but, like, I can't afford to travel back and forth twice. So, can I crash at your house for the summer between these conventions? <laughs> this was before the Canadian dollar was at parity with ours. Oh yeah, this was well before parity. And so, um, Rob, like, <laughs> Rob, like, literally says, Yeah, um, the Neil is a little bit weird, but, um... <laughs> But yeah, you're welcome to stay. Did he make you stay in his basement? No, I, I stayed. The lo- the lo- I stayed in the loft, the loft upstairs because at that time Neil lived downstairs. Right in the pit. Yeah, in the pit. Um, so yeah, I literally <laughs> stayed, stayed at Rob's house for the summer and like worked in the office, yeah. and it was the greatest thing ever. Um, <laughs> I'm writing down no Rob right now. <laughs> <laughs> they don't live there. He doesn't live there anymore. It was a great place. It was, it was, it was a great place. Yeah. 1920s I mean, pharmacy. It was a crusty punk place. Yeah. It was the pharmacy <laughs> from when did when was it built? Yeah. I have no idea. It was like, like and it still had like the pharmacy aisle like name plates up on the the walls. Yeah. Yeah. It was. In a hole in the middle of the living room <laughs> that went straight down into hell. To the basement. <laughs> oh yeah. And. I, and I think I remember showing up and Rob being like, oh yeah, we have the exterminator coming in tomorrow, so don't worry about the roaches. That's where the magic happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so at that point, I've been, like, published a few times writing, done some, like, weird stuff on the side, and then um, I got hired by a Canadian company called Guardians of Order, um, and worked for them for a couple years until they both spectacularly and pathetically imploded. I thought you were looking for a polite turn for what happened. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, that's fairly polite. Um, I mean, like, nobody would dispute that. I mean, but people, they made games that people may have heard of. Yeah, well, they, they made successful games. They made yeah. Big Eye Small Mouth. They had a, they released a Game of Thrones RPG, and that was kind of what uh, killed them. That was sad. I, so, um, before, before it took off with the TV show. So, in, in the realm of yeah. imparting useful advice for a budding game publisher, <laughs> do not acquire the license for a property and then take years to publish it. Because it is almost guaranteed that in, in the meantime, it is going to be worth less to you than it was when you acquired it. So, but have also, it written. Yeah, like. And get the license. Hang out at Krusty Punk Hangouts <laughs> if you're present in the game industry. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. L- l- learn how to use the buses and the subways. Um, <laughs> practical job advice. Practical job advice. Learn how to dance. Le- learn how to dance? Yeah. I learned to dance by watching Sprite. That may have been a bad idea. Play vampire. <laughs> Although sure with my dancing. All right, all right, well, I, I don't know where I, I, I don't know where I picked up that weird like punching the baby move. No, I know where I picked that up. But I, I, I did that weird like double time thing, and I can't stop. And I don't know where I picked it up. You asked for this interview. Yeah. This is what you get. This is all gold. You cannot no, be no. right. It's all I, gold in I the did, game. I didn't pick that up from Sprite, and I don't know where I picked it up. But I can't stop. Like you. Watch me dance for fun sometimes. I'm gonna point out that at one point, um, when, when FanPro started using Basecamp for our project management, management Sprite IMs me and he's like, "Hey, your username is Adam Jury. Uh, your password is Chicken Legs." <laughs> Wait, are we gonna talk about? He's Kickstarter? one to talk. Well, uh, we get there. We get, yeah. Uh, so, uh, all right, we, we've made it up to the publication career. Uh, so we've got put, put air quotes. Yeah. Around so we've got eighty number of Shadowrun books, uh, all of the Eclipse Studies books. And it, so, in that time, other than you know house rules, um, what was your approach to making new mechanics? I've heard a lot of different things today. I've heard some people is like. I house ruled it until I couldn't recognize it anymore. And then we made a different setting and slapped it on top. And then I've also heard like I had a single design goal and I carved it from stone. I oh, saw what? this pure vision. Yeah, uh, and we should probably talk about Shadowrun Fourth first because well, you may have worked on heavy rule set before that, so you may have something else. But I think uh, I mean for us, I worked on the Shadowrun Three edition, but I mean that was that was more of rules tightening up and fixing them. Uh, Shadowrun 4 was the first major rules revision. It was like and I can't actually I can't actually take credit for that because like yeah. we threw out a bunch of different ideas about what like we knew we wanted to make the Shadowrun rules set simpler. And, Very democratic. And we and so Yeah, it was real democratic. It was whoever could yell loudest at the bar that night. <laughs> yeah. So we're at the bar at two at Origins and we're all drunk. Right. Yeah. So this will be a recurring theme for the next few stories. And we're, and we're throwing out rules ideas. And I, I'm pretty sure it was Steve Tennyson that yep. threw out yep. the, uh, the idea for that we ended up going with. Um, so he gets the credit for that. Uh, he was not as drunk. Uh, well, I, I should oh, say, right, there was a, what, the, like, a bunch of people, but 
there were some of us that were like, we should, they should be totally airy rule, like narrative, but they don't really work well rules. And then there's people, I think John Cito was there, who was like, they should have mathematical formulae yeah. and square roots. And Steve was like, no, what about this? It's simple and it works. No, and everyone yeah. else was like, what? We, just, we knew we wanted to go simple, yeah. and we wanted like, to oh, keep it works. We wanted to keep to the Shadowrun core element. We wanted to keep dice pools. Yeah, like you know, we wanted to keep these sixes. Yeah, but we and realized for third edition that the number of dice that were sometimes being thrown were yeah stupid. And then, but then when we did Eclipse phase, we're like, wow, we've got this awesome transhuman sci-fi setting. It's really complex and detailed, <laughs> and we need oh, we need rules. And we're like, well. This is already a heady game, difficult, that might be challenging for people to get into, so let's go for a system that's simple. We didn't necessarily want to go like story game simple, though. So and Story games weren't even a real thing at yeah. that point. And I mean, we, Eclipse Phase, right. that's like, not really our thing. 2003 was when we first started working on it? 2005, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, it was closer to five. We, well, but the idea we came up with was earlier, I thought. Well, I mean, if you're talking the Shadowrun 2600, yeah, yeah, and then Shadowrun D20, the wiki right. that we like banged away at. So, for those of you, <laughs> Eclipse Phase trivia, D20. <laughs> the Eclipse Phase's working project title was Shadowrun D20 for a long time because the question we got after releasing Shadowrun 4th Edition was, what are you going to do, D20? And uh, yeah, which the we, that was always. Which nobody was ever going to do. Yeah. Right. In fact, you had a sign in the booth that said D20 gives you cancer for a little while. Yeah, people <laughs> signed it. Yeah. And, and as, as of like last year, Monty Cook will speak to me again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did piss off half the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this, I, no seriously. Uh, that was the, you, you said that at the Ennies the year that Monty Cook released Tolus. Yeah. And I walked up to his booth the next day yeah. and was like, Monty, this is really pretty. And he's like, so cancer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Monty Cook just smacked me down. And I'm like, <laughs> on the stage at the Ennies Awards, Rob said, as the closing statement of our, what was it, the silver any for game of the year? No, it was the gold. Gold? Yeah. Gold, gold for Shadowrun. D20 gives you cancer and just dropped the mic and walked off the stage. So, yeah, that was uncomfortable the next day. Oh, God. I'm, I, I, I am mortified just remembering that. And now we've brought it up again, and people are like, oh, yeah, those assholes. Meanwhile, I had taken a five-year break from Gen Con <laughs> for personal reasons and uh, had written a game called Empyrean that was a percentile system with uh, augmented reality head implants, uh, genetically modified humans, uh, and a lot of other hard sci-fi space travel stuff. And uh, I was never going to publish it because I was too stoned at that, in those years. Um, but it, it possibly qualified me for later working on Eclipse Phase. Um, the writing, not the beanstone. Right. Yeah. Yes, let's be clear. Yeah. Uh, I, wait, you were trying to tell the story of how we got rules for Eclipse Phase, and I don't... Oh, I was just saying that it was... We went for a well, it's, it's collaboration, like, and I hadn't heard that yet. Like, I, I, a lot of people today were just like, I was alone in my kitchen with a bunch of dice, and inspiration came. Well, no, we, uh, we so that, that's interesting yeah. that you guys had. There was no epiphany. Yeah. We yeah. knew we wanted a, a system that people could pick up quickly, and in my experience, the game that people have always picked up right away is percentiles. Yeah, BRP. Because mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's right there. You know, this is your percentage chance, and. Yeah, so, Call of Cthulhu is like the easiest game right. I can teach. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so we wanted to be, 
and and the whole thing is the, go- the game world was really beautiful and gorgeous, <laughs> and we spent all this time on it. We're like. We want people to get to the game world and enjoy and be able to do stuff as quickly as possible. I've read too much Werner Vinge. How can I impart that to my friends? <laughs> <laughs> Using math. And wait, why did you? Why did you guys decide you wanted my help anyway? I, I'm not even sure. I mean, you played. Yeah, no. You I played know. my game that was like a proto eclipse phase. We know, yeah. I, I never but played Imperium, but, you it, but played I knew. It. I played it with you. No, you I wasn't there. Yeah. no, he wasn't there. Yeah, he was there. We were we played in, we, in your living room of your pharmacy. Well, yeah, well, everyone lives with him. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, but I knew I knew you were six degrees from dumb stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, I knew you were interested in the same sort of ideas. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we make it work. You can see Jack's influence in some of the, the morph design rules. Transhuman mind orgy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so I, I was talking to Robin Laws today, and he said that the thing about the industry is, is that when someone opens a door for themselves, they close it behind them. And he was talking about he didn't know how much I could learn from him because, you know, the publication world I was entering in with Kickstarters and POD was, you know, completely alien to like how he started off writing this stuff and I, I don't disagree with that but I, at the same time like I'm one of the last generation of people in America that like learned how to do a research paper on a card catalog and while I'm not using that very frequently I feel like I'm better at research for having that old method so like I, I still kind of want to hear about that so um, ignoring like you know Paradox and wiping out the space-time continuum. You have a time machine. You can go back. You can talk to young Rob Boyle, young Bob Brian Cross. Uh, you, you give them advice when they start out. This like, what's the one thing you tell yourself to save yourself some trouble down the line, RPG-wise, not like uh, sports uh, scores uh, and lottery uh, and things like that. Not don't go to grad school. <laughs> yeah. Don't move away. It's not, it's not a question about personal regret. <laughs> <laughs> don't pimp yourself out to other companies. <laughs> Do your own thing. Okay. Pass. I need to think about that. I don't know. Okay. Make allies. Make allies who are interested and passionate in about the same things that you're interested and passionate in. And you might not be working together today because what you're working on might not dovetail with what the other person is working on. But eventually, something will work out. Should the allies be named Rob Boy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he, he's my ally. You can't have it. <laughs> it sounds like everyone already has it. <laughs> I got, I got it. Um, I, I'd say your ideas aren't that stupid. It took me a long time and to actually think that anything I had to say was worth contributing to uh, discussions on a lot of these things. And and you, even then, I mean, when we've told all these stories tonight through the various meetings about all the dumb, dumb stuff that ended up being major plot points and various things. And and part of that is because I'm like, if I make it a joke that it doesn't have to be real, and not wanting to admit to the fact that some of my ideas are right. And so it took a while. You know, I was scared shitless working in Eclipse Phase because <laughs> you've done this, I hadn't. 
I had worked on a couple of Shadowrun <laughs> stuff, and as a favor, I thought you'd invited me into Shadowrun 4. <laughs> and I was like, I just tried to stay in the background and not piss anyone off. And, you know, Failed. take it away. Yeah, well, <laughs> right, other than jury, because, you know, whatever, well, he's in Canada, what's he going to do? I think the make allies thing is important because it's also really hard to just do things by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that was actually what I was going to say is um, along the lines of like your, your shit doesn't suck as much as you think it does, it's only going to be able to get better if you share it with people, right. listen to what they say, and like take that feedback. And sometimes that their feedback might be like, well, okay, this is not worth working on anymore. I should be doing something else. And sometimes it's like, it's an editing pass. I need to run this adventure a few more times to make sure it's up to snuff. Whatever, like everything gets better through collaboration, right. and the process of gaming itself is collaboration. Yeah, and it's and, and in addition to speak up, make up, but make allies. It's your ideas are not you, and and sometimes they're going to be good and sometimes they're going to be bad. But the only way to know is by saying them and getting feedback. And we've mentioned. Elsewhere, last night we had our, our annual pitch and bitch where we threw out ideas and we shredded the hell out of each other's and our own ideas. We were often more critical of our own ideas. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that's We'd just, be like, I have this sweet idea, but it's going to be really hard to do, right. and I'm not sure if it's going to make money. But guys, like, right. And this it sounds shit. awesome in your head, and then you have to say it out loud to other people, and you're like, oh my god, this is so dumb. And then they're like, that's awesome. You're like, no, no, it's dumb. Let me tell you why. So. And um, the other thing is, um, you have to throw out your own ideas and be willing to take feedback on them for yep. people to take your feedback on their ideas seriously. Because if you just sit there and go on, no, nah, that sucks, no, that yeah. sucks, mm, that's cool, um, but you're, you're never like putting yourself out there, people yeah. are going to take your feedback less seriously. Right. You, you've got to be a participant. But, yeah, and, and, but also, it's, don't take it personal, right? When somebody tells you your idea is crap, they don't mean you're crap. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's not just, and this is a, you know, an academia and, and wherever where you're putting professional creative ideas or something you've made out there, yeah. there's a tendency to say, I made this and it's part of me. And it's like, no, 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 it's not part of you. It needs to be criticized to be better. And, and some of the worst stuff out there is things where people were absolute control freaks and didn't want anyone to edit it and didn't want anyone to see it until they throw it out there and then they throw it out there and you're like, oh, this could really have benefited from an edit pass or another pair of eyes or somebody just telling you from the get-go that a game about anamorphic, you know, anthropomorphic hot dogs cavorting in pools, not gonna sell, not really a, and that, I, I pray to God that's not something that's on drive-through right now and somebody's like, my idea, you just shot all over it. There was an episode of regular show. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Well, sure. That, that said, our our way of doing things Don't steal is, is the only one of a number of way of doing things. I mean, yeah. I I I have uh, a bunch of friends who like work in the you know they're in the sort of East Coast indie RPG creator scene, and what they do terrifies me because they're all solo. And they but they su- still run it by groups of people, Well, right? yeah, they, they've got a network, they and they, they support yeah. each other from sort of a marketing, and we're all going to get a booth together perspective, but at the end of the day, each of them is a solo creator 
making their own stuff all by themselves and the only way that they can do that is by believing totally in what they're doing and if you are just that good I, you can get away with that to a certain extent but uh, it, it's not it's not for everybody and then there are other people who are going the uh, the route of you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, a, a like a fanboy or fangirl and attach myself to a big concern like uh, like Paizo or Privateer and work my way up the fanboy fangirl ranks until I'm accepted as a creator in the community and you know and with that that's the opposite of the indie axiom that I was just talking about but that ends up working out for some people too but I think the indie guys I mean you look at the forage the for, not forage forage there's a lot of thread for people like here's my game here's the rules go at it right yeah they yeah. have an active they, that's an important point nobody is an island they have a very active yeah. critical community where yeah. they where they bounce stuff off each other you need to get criticism from people whose opinion to respect right you can't just like run out in the middle of the traffic and be like here's my game how do you like it and people are like get out of here weirdo that's well, not and, and, and of course, like uh, something can't be everything to everyone. Right. You, you know, you you um, you you can't make a game that will please everyone. Yeah. And you, you shouldn't want to. I mean, I mean, if you if you do, I don't know what that's, that would look like. But it's it's not possible, and you you shouldn't waste your time doing that. It would look like pick your um, audience, right? Don't take your fantasy heartbreaker to the dude who who hates D and D, right? Because he's mm-hmm. gonna be like, this is crap. It's so well done. You know? So in the same vein. I think one of the lessons is also that traditional hierarchical capitalist business models. Are not, <laughs> I know I wax political all the time. No, no. no. Did somebody <laughs> just whip out their agenda? No, no, we should probably talk about the, how we preach it, brother boy. Preach it. That's actually the last question. Okay, right. you talk to yourself back in time. That's a general idea. Publishing 2.0. You know, POD, social media, marketing. So somebody wants to make a game now. That's not where he what was going. I, what going. advice do you give <laughs> no, him that? I mean, some of no. that is. I mean, technology is changing everything, but it's also like going to like the way the indie people do things is like yeah. different from the way right. you know. It's, it's, it's the way we do things differently. We do things collectively, yeah. like not solo. And, and I think that, it works better for. And us. that doesn't mean and a vote. It's not like we vote, and if it's three to one, then we do it. It's we 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 do it when everyone's in agreement, and we do it collectively, and we make sure everyone there. Yeah, it weirds people. People came into the booth today, and they're like, "Who's in charge?" Well, well, I am. And then somebody else, "Who's in charge?" And I was like, "Well, I am." And, and <laughs> Jack is, and Rob is. And well, like, well and, who's in charge? We all are. Well, and and we do everything collectively, but also we're all empowered to make the right decisions. Yeah. So like, the printer emails me, and they're like, "Hey, um, we need ten thousand dollars," and like, I don't have to be like, "Rob, can we please give them ten thousand dollars?" Ryan, Rob said we can give him. Ta- How do you think? I just pick up the phone and be like, "Hey, printer, here's our credit card." Yeah, you know. Um, so we're all empowered to make the right decisions at the right time. And there's a lot of trust. There's a lot of trust. Like, uh, you know, Rob and Brian will be having to, you know we have our weekly meetings and they'll be having an in-depth discussion about like the morph creation system, and I'll be like, guys. Do what you're gonna do here, like um, he goes off to microwave dinner. <laughs> yeah, like I'll be like, I'm wearing my headset. He's like, the headset's still on. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go microwave something, and please just don't add too many more tables, right? Right. Because um, that's my area of concern. But I mean, as you've you've heard from our our stories, they intertwine, right? We're not. It's not like we all came up in different companies and then came met each other and decided we should make this game. 
we've all known each other for a while. We have a, a basis in friendship. We hang out outside of game time. Speaking of which, you know, dance time, right? So we can watch out. Yeah, whatever you guys want to do. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> but um, it, and it's it works for us. It may not work for everybody, but a hierarchical somebody in charge system would probably drive us a little bit crazy. I don't think the industry's going that direction lately. I mean, I mean, there there are the people who are doing quite well under that, but like, I don't think it's nearly what it was when you guys came up through like FASA. So. No. Yeah. Well, I, well, you know, and there's there's fewer companies of FASA's size in the industry now. There's companies that are big. There's yeah. like Wizards of the Coast. Uh, fantasy flight game, which is self-destructing because they're too hierarchical in a stupid <laughs> way. And I'm not going to touch that. Um, <laughs> but but th there's big companies, and and there's some companies like I guess Steve Jackson Games is quite big now. Um, oh, by the way, Steve Jackson Games is announcing something really cool tomorrow, and I found out what it was today. <laughs> that, like like a, an unnamed staff member there ushered me into their We're little staff room recorded. at the convention, and he's like, check this out. And he, he flips over Get something and shows me what it was. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so good. Is it a My Little Pony GURPS expansion? <laughs> not, Ixnay. not, not if I'm right. Yeah. Okay. You heard it first here, folks. <laughs> They're not gonna publish this until after tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for watching. Get to the laptop. <laughs> you know what? It's also not on my little pony curse expansion. So, <laughs> Stop sorry if you were holding your breath. You're like, oh, I'm googling it right now. Oh. But, but, but anyways, there, there's a lot more companies that are like micro to the degree of being like one person, or small to like our size. We're four people, um, and, and there, there, there's there's less room for hierarchy in a four-person company. Like, how much answering can you do to people? You know, I was cleaning up my hard drive last week, um, <laughs> and because uh, I'm a compulsive backupper, but I will then like keep these backups around for years, and occasionally I'll be like, man, where's that? Like, I was looking for like a like a Gen Con file from years past. I'm like, where is it on this file? And I found um, uh, the Catalyst org chart oh, from years ago. Um, and it was basically like one person merges down into two people, and then one of those people has like eight people under them, and that's it. Right. Yep. I don't think it was very effective. Nope. So. And that's all we're going to say about Catalyst tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So avoid hierarchies. That's good advice. Oh, I'm, I'm, no, maybe possibly. Like, if you know the people you work with, that's yeah. What, that's I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't summarize it as avoid hierarchy. I would summarize it as respect competency. Okay. Yes. The person. Yeah, that's very like. When Rob says, "Man, this Eclipse Phase book is going to be forty pages larger than we expected," we all believe it. Well, we definitely believe it. We definitely yeah, believe it. At this point, it not surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our original page count goal for Eclipse Phase, by the way, 256, ended up being 400. Um, Trantable was supposed to be an eight page pamphlet. So. <laughs> then that Kickstarter happened. We're like, oh, they gave us $120,000. We should probably do a little bit more. Um, but but like, I respect when Rob says, like, yeah, this book needs to be this big to, to uh, convey what we have to do. I might go, like, are you sure? You know, 
And then, like, some logistical reasons, like, you know, we're so, going to eat... Trust people, but question. <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, like, trust, but verify. Wait, wait. Are you sure is that what you say? You're like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, I will definitely say that, too, but then I'll be like, well, if it's the right thing for the game, right? And, and Can we cut the rules? <laughs> too many example characters? <laughs> yeah, but, but we all know, we have, like, areas of competency. Yeah, and, and, and you, need to re- you need to respect that, and you need to, um... I mean, you need to push and question people. You know, you, you, you can't just always trust them. But, like I said, I, you know, Rob and Brian are discussing, you know, a rules issue. I'm going to be like, I'll let you guys handle that, you know. And if Rob and Brian are like, why does this table look like that? I trust that if I tell them... It's because he doesn't know the rules. <laughs> why are we whispering that? That's not... Is, is that a secret? That's not a secret. Um, people ask you rules questions at the booth. It's fun. And you're like, uh... There's an index. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I, 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 I know the rules better than I used to. So, uh, do you have any last questions for us? Because <laughs> we're going to go dance now. Yeah. I, what, I, so I know, like, you know, you're looking for advice and you're doing your own game, starting your own And we're just... We're telling stories. Well, okay, yeah. I think there's one thing, like, we decided when we started post-human specifically, mm-hmm. and it was when we were still working at Catalyst, um, and but you know we knew we were going to publish Eclipse Phase. We creative wanted control. Yeah, we wanted creative control there, so we started Posthuman and licensed it to Catalyst. And then when we separated from Catalyst and, and went independently, one of the very first things on our plate, uh, the lesson here that goes along with this is, you should freelance, and then you learn quickly to respect freelancers. And one of the first, like the mo- like one of the things we decided first off when we started uh, Posthuman was that we were not going to be the type of company that was always late in paying freelancers and things like that. So we specifically set up the way we do things. So we pay off our freelancers when the book goes to print. Um, like, so the book is basically paid for by the time it goes off to press. So we're not... We're not financing it. Yeah, like, Thank you. Like, we worked, <laughs> this so may be a little slower, but it means yeah. that we've got people that want to work with us. Right. Yeah, like we specifically yes. borrowed money and things like that so that we could set up, and now we've gotten to the point where we have our own cash flow and that we can do that. But, like, if you're going to deal with freelancers and you're going to hire other people to work on your stuff, fucking pay them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and what, you're, what you're saying is don't leverage your risk onto other people for your creative work, right? Yeah. You've got balls. An idea. That was brilliant. Well, if you've got an idea, it's your idea. You should be willing to stick your neck out, not, like, screw other people over because they trusted you or they want to break into the industry or do something, and you're like, sorry, dude. <laughs> Ran out of money. So my first lesson in the game industry which informed why I've hitched my wagon to these cats, came in 1987. <laughs> when, Did it involve a illusionist thief? <laughs> no, it involved my Aunt Emma, who wrote a supplement for the Republic of Tharda for Columbia Games for Harn. I'm a second-generation game designer. <laughs> and uh, Aunt Emma uh, wrote this amazing fucking uh, source book for Harn in 1986. And uh, 1987 rolled around, and she still hadn't been paid for it by the Columbia Games guys. Fuck you, Columbia Games. <laughs> you want to look them up? I'm going to make your life a living nightmare. 
<laughs> you never fucking paid Aunt Emma. Her name at the time was Margaret Foy. And fuck you. And every dealing that I've ever had with a game company since then has been informed by Aunt Emma getting screwed over by you shit thieves. <laughs> And the reason I'm part of Post-Human Studios is because we are straight fucking shooters who don't screw over our freelancers like fucking ass clowns. And I, like, just last year, over, like, I, I finally found a copy of Aunt Emma's Republic of Tharda module for Hard, and it's a beautiful piece of writing. And... She was a woman who uh, was like an early female writer in the gaming industry and did some amazing fucking work and she only wrote one supplement ever. Uh, well, uh, you can check out Dragon Number 116, her naval rules. No, they're like like 35 pages of Dragon, it, Dragon Number 116. Is is Aunt Emma, who was Margaret at the time's uh, fucking naval ship rules, and other than that, and that Harn module she wrote, that were those were her two her two contributions to the gaming community. And after getting screwed over by Columbia, she stopped, and she doesn't even like to talk about gaming anymore. Um, would you like the, the freelance for posting? <laughs> she probably would, because I'm her nephew and she trusts me. But, uh, you know, so, like, treat your freelancers well, because if you don't, I'll find you and I'll fucking call you out. <laughs> All right, well, that concludes <laughs> this episode of Jack Graham angrily threatens people from his past. <laughs> <laughs> AKA Game Designers Workshop. Uh, They've got a booth. Thank there. you, everyone. Thanks for having us. We <laughs> <laughs> No, they have a booth. We'll see you guys We're next time. We're going to go over there and pee on it later. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next time.